board. Now, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have a guest today. We have, I screwed up the name last time. So why don't you say your name, uh, Peter? Uh, my name is Pedro Bernardes. Hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Peter. Oh, it's nice to have you on the show, Peter. And Peter is a, a pianist and a composer, originally from Venezuela, uh, through China, and now in the USA. So we're glad to have you. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit about um, how long you've been? The, I believe you came here originally to study in Boston, correct? Studying at Berkeley College of Music. Nice. A composition and, and film film scoring program with a double major. Oh wow! I didn't I didn't even know I I knew it was music. I didn't know it was film and music. That's that's quite a um instrumental degree to have. You can really use that in a lot of um, professions. Film scoring program is um, pretty comprehensive, and uh, I, I I finished the program. It's a five-year program. I finished it in two years and a half because I was in a hurry, and uh, I I took summers and extra classes and tested out of classes. Also tried to graduate pretty quickly. It may may have been a uh, misguided, but that's what happens. So after I graduated, I went back to my home country. I, I started doing a master's degree there in, in music composition. When I when I was, and then two years later, I came to the United States for for work. I came to Los Angeles to find work in the film industry. So it sounds like you, you you already knew at an early age. If you knocked out, you know, college curriculum in half the time, you you had your mind made up. This is what I want to do. That's right. That's a beautiful thing. You know, it gives you a leg up on somebody else who kind of you know takes half their twenties to figure things out. <laughs> well, I hope it worked out. I believe it did. You know, I mean, look, the main thing is you're healthy and you're alive. You're still performing, and I hope you're not in any physical pain. That's the main thing. Well, thank you. I hope we can all be healthy, indeed. It would be nice. You know, it's a matter of collective energy, and that, I guess that's another subject. But you, um, so you perform on Monday nights from 7 to 9 at, at pa Paoli's Pizzeria? And anybody could just walk up to you and just like request a song and throw a tip in your jar? Pretty much. And they often do. So I'm happy to oblige. Sometimes uh, a regular will ask me for a song and uh, I really have to study it. So, but I, I will take my time and then I'll play for them. And I, I just love to see the smile on their faces when they come back, you know, two weeks later or, or whenever they come back and they hear the song that they requested. That, that's what people want. They want to hear things that they 
can relate to it. So you, it sounds like you, you play by ear. I no, well, I I play off of lead sheets, and um, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes I I'll do it by ear, but I'm more comfortable reading a lead sheet. And then um, my my vision is to know the song well enough that you can do it from memory. That you don't need any kind of sheet music to play it. But if I'm in a bind, if I if, uh, if a customer wants a song and it's a relatively easy song, I can I can and I have a lead sheet for it, I'll just read it off the lead sheet. So uh, do you know what a lead sheet is? Ah. Uh... Is that like a, I'm thinking in marching band, is that tiny little sheet that you, you attach to the instrument? Well, it, it's sort of like a, an abridged format for writing uh, music. You have the melody line, and then you have chords above that in letters like C, D, F. So you, you can write the whole song on a single page. Usually, you don't need two pages, and and you you have to sort of decode it and give it your own spin, your own interpretation of the chords. But uh, yeah, it has those essential elements, and then you you just take off on that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think it's important to read, you know, because when you play by ear, it happens. You choke up, you miss a note, and then it's embarrassing. Yeah, but I mean, what, what are you gonna do? You can't. You do the best you can, and uh, if you mess up, you just keep going. There's no time to dwell on mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they could do a better job, then they can get up and play the piano themselves. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you have quite a like diversity of pieces. Like, um, you know, from ragtime to symphonic with strings, it's quite a plethora of uh, a library you have. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy a lot of styles of music, but especially classical symphonic works and ragtime and early jazz. That's, uh, that's sort of where I live. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, early jazz, what you mean like, uh, like 1940s? For bebop, I also enjoy bebop a lot, but it's very demanding <laughs> to to uh, to interpret, and I'm not. I don't feel like quite there yet, but I do enjoy you know stuff like Louis Armstrong or Ella Fitzgerald would sing or Nat King Cole, those sorts of things. So, yeah, I think uh, Louis sang with the hot the hot fives. I think you're right. Yeah, do you, um, I don't. Do, were you familiar with um with Phil Phil Schaap, the jazz aficionado? No, tell me more. Uh, he he worked uh, with Wynton Marsalis at the Lincoln Center. He was, I think, he was um, a speaker on Ken Burns' jazz documentary. He, he was with WKCR Columbia University in Manhattan. Nice. He was up. Uh, he had the show every morning called Bird Flight, all about Charlie Parker. And unfortunately, we lost Phil a couple of years ago. Uh, but he was—it yeah. was a wealth of knowledge. I'll have to check him out. Well, no, more knowledge is, is usually a good thing. 
Absolutely. Information, information that people are looking for the dollar bills. The dollar bills are just leaves from the tree. Information and knowledge is the foundation. Correct. But uh, what, now, um, who, who influenced you in your life? Like, What, what made you decide that, that you wanted to go into music, Peter? I think, uh, I think my first big influence, uh, well, my, my mother, uh, she liked to push me in different directions. Not push me, but like show me a lot of different things and see which one I took to, I guess. One of those things was a, a, a music workshop for kids that, with rhythms and, you know, you'd sing. And, and so she signed me up for one of those. And I, I barely remember it, but I, I think I enjoyed it. But um, then my grandmother, my grandmother could play the piano a little bit. So she had a, a grand piano, Steinway Baby Grand, New York Baby Grand. And uh, she she started teaching me. You know, I heard, I heard her play, and I'm like, oh, what's that, you know? Asking questions, so she started teaching me some some of the pieces that she knew. And then one day I asked her to to give me her piano, and, and she did. <laughs> she gave me her 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 Steinway. I was like five years old. <laughs> and um, you know, then we had her brought to um, my house, my mother's house, my parents' house. And yeah, I would play ever since. Uh, they gave they gave me um they put me with a teacher lesson. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think it was somebody. It was just somebody who influences us in our life. Yeah, so I, I credit my grandmother uh, a lot. Obviously, I, I I don't think I'd be a musician without without her her influence. Well, that, that's that's beautiful. You know, she she gave you the biggest gift, and you're able to make a living out of that. Yeah, and uh, she, she passed away unfortunately, but in 2012. She, you know, aside from the music, she was always a, uh, a very doting grandmother to me, very very loving and warm. She she would never get mad at me. I mean. I think she got mad at me once, once or twice in uh, the entire time that I knew her. So, oh, we well, have something in common then, because uh, I, I lost my grandmother in two thousand twelve. Also, oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was a big loss, and unlike you, she she influenced me in my sense of humor. Now, I think I go around trying to pretend I'm a comedian just because my grandmother encouraged me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it shows like how much, you know, those in our lives influence us, you know, how they can make us the, the person who we are today. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's all through emotions, or not all of it, but a, a big part of it is through those emotions, those, those, those relationships you have with the people you care about and care about you. Yeah, it explains why, you know, when you see people, you know, who do who do terrible things or don't contribute to society and you look at the way they were raised and, and what was done to them. Yeah. Well, we're, we're very blessed. You know, I mean, 
I'm sure we have our traumas from childhood, but no, we had parents who, who invested in us, invested in us. They do, they do. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way, but um, you you had mentioned you you were in China for a while. How long did you did you stay in China for? Three three to four years. Uh, about three years from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. And and how was your experience there? It was very interesting. I was I was in L.A. before I left. I was uh, feeling a little burnt out, so um, I, I met a Chinese uh, girl on the internet, and we were we would chat. We were chatting for quite some time, and I was gonna go to Japan for for fun, and then I I had planned that trip before I uh, before I met her. So I thought, well, since I'm going to Japan, and I, I could also just make a stop on uh, the, the Chinese mainland. And, uh, you know, meet her in person. Long, long story short, that, 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 that the trip to Japan didn't work out, but I still ended up going to China. And uh, I had such a great time that she was, she was very nice. A uh, lot, lot, uh, lot of fun to be around with. And she took me to different places, different restaurants, places to, to explore. It was in Shanghai, which is the biggest. One of the biggest cities in the twenty-three million people. I've never seen a city that of that size. And um, yeah, I, I liked I liked uh, and we hit it off really well. So uh, a few weeks later, I I went to visit her again. And again, we had we had a lovely time. And then you know I thought, well, you know I. I'm having such a great time with her, and we're, we're we're connecting so well that I'm just gonna ask her to see if, if she wants me to move there. Well, I, I decided I would move there, and uh, we would live together. So it was kind of, kind of fast, but it worked. It worked out because now we're married, and <laughs> now we're here. But but that was the impetus. It was mostly a. a a relationship situation. And while I was there, I met a lot of people. We, we traveled inside the country. Uh, everyone is usually very nice. The food is, is amazing. So, I didn't find a lot of work as a musician. Uh, the way they do music there is a little different. But but I was able to, to find a different job. And I, I learned Chinese. To be able to get around out of curiosity, but or I started learning. I should say I'm, st I'm still learning. It's a very complicated language. Well, you know, you never give up. You keep growing until the day you you take your last breath, Peter. That's right. There's no reason to stop, as far as I'm concerned. Growing as a person. Yeah, even like um, uh, what's his name? Um, I heard Gene Hackman is an author. He's like 92 years old. He's still writing books. Yeah. So um, this young lady, so she's 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 living in California with you now, and, she, and you're married. Yeah, we're married. We have a 
six-year-old son. We, his name is Max. We're, uh, yeah, we've, we've been here since 2017, just trying to make it. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. So you found love and you found some Chinese language. That's right. Nice. You know, it was part of your destiny. You were all alone, and now you got a family. That's right. I feel I feel very happy, very uh, blessed, I suppose, is the word. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're living there, you know, you're a simple life. You know, not everybody knows who you are, but you, you got these big celebrities in L.A. who are totally miserable, and it sounds like you're happy. I'm very happy. I, I have no regrets about, about any of that. I just need to, but I do have ambitions, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, progress in my career and move on to more challenging, more interesting, and more creative projects. Uh, it's a bit of a, a climb, but it, it's all worth it. Every, everything is it's worth it. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, I, I was list, you know, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I, I was listening to an interview, you know, from an actor, and he said, "I, I don't want any favors. I don't know. I don't want anyone helping me. I don't want to owe anybody. I want to take the hard way." Okay. Yeah. This way, you, you, you Yeah, and you, you say you did it on your own merit. It really is. You know, in fact, I, I, I kind of just stopped following big celebrities. I know they're not going to follow me back. I just follow the when – I, when I look for people on social media, I look for the people, the smallest following, because they're the, probably the ones who are going to follow me back. All right. It's the regular people. It's the little people, as, as Ralph Cramden said. Remember that? I'm a little man, Alice. <laughs> you, like, you, reach out, you like to reach out to people to uh... – have conversations with is that it i go through extremes i i i hold myself up the last two years i didn't talk to anybody and that's not healthy so i, I don't want to go to the other extreme i'm just trying to tweak it and find that you know the middle ground no that's great that's great who um who, who do you like to talk to generally <laughs> um if i want to talk to people really i i just go on on ham radio whenever I want, and I have what's called a QSO. Okay. You know what a QSO means? I have no idea. It means a conversation. In ham radio, there's acronyms. So an acronym for a conversation is a QSO. Because I can't call anybody 24 hours a day, but I can go on on Echolink any time of the day and, and just have a put my call sign out there and have a conversation. So whatever, whatever it is, whatever your hobby is, if you like playing golf, if you like, you know, going to have it, smoke a cigar in the humidor, whatever your thing is. <laughs> uh, my hobbies, I, I have a lot of hobbies and interests. Reading is one of them. I'm a voracious reader. I have hundreds of books and uh, haven't had enough time. I haven't made enough time to go through all of them. And sure, surely, but... Slowly but surely, I will do it. Yeah, little beats at a time, Peter. Just like try to maybe one chapter or one page. You know, make your goal your goal small. Yeah, it's not an, it's not an effort in any way. It's not a struggle. I just 
I just naturally open books and start reading them. And um, sometimes I'll skim over a few things. You know how it is. The, the more you read, the more you realize kind of where the where the arguments are going, where the stories are going. Sometimes that, that lets you sort of move at your own pace, faster or slower, as you prefer. True. You want to digest the information. I just want to give you the heads up. Um, we're at 20 minutes, and at 30 minutes, the computer is going to time me out. The, the session will expire, so I'm just giving you like a 10-minute advance notice. No problem, no problem. Yeah, definitely reading. You know, we, we digest at our own pace. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll read and, and I won't even be able to absorb it. You have to be able to absorb the words. Yeah, I, I think... Well, there's different ways to read. You can read with full attention and then you, you can read with maybe 8% of attention. And then, you know, anything below that, you're not... I don't think you're really reading at all. You're just... You're just wasting your time, but I, I sort of absorb information like I don't always remember the exact specific thing I read, but I get a, the gist of it, the, I get the, the patterns of what's happening. I sort of put it in, you know, sort of like my, my gestalt consciousness. So I know I know it's swimming in there and, and it, it helps. It sort of becomes part of my subconscious, and I I think it helps me make decisions and make me my perspective more objective. But but if you really want to know every single word, you really have to carefully go through something, maybe read it several times and, until you you remember the exact things that you're reading. That's that's the most productive way. My my way I feel is efficient and saves time and I'm pretty happy with it but, but when when you want to recall very specific things it can be a, a bit of a you know oh I don't quite remember I'll have to reread read that again yeah I that that's that, that that was a problem being school you know absorbing the material when the teacher would talk and absorbing what they were saying learning Well, yeah, whatever your tools are. Like for you, you said you read it a couple times. Uh, for me, I find if, if I write it down, it helps me to absorb it. That, that is true. I think that's been uh, tested in several studies. Writing down what you just read is, is very helpful for retention. That, that's also why a lot of composers would transcribe pieces. You know, they, they weren't composing. They were just copying by hand of pieces by other composers, but it helped them become better composers themselves. Oh wow! Bach, Bach, yeah, Bach was a was a he, he would do that. That was a big part of his his education, just transcribing works by other people. Um, I, I I believe Mozart would do that as well. And then nowadays, a lot of jazz musicians recommend transcriptions as a way to get better at improvising. Just transcribe solos from artists you like, and then as you understand it better, it helps you understand it better or retain it better. It sort of becomes part of, again, like your subconscious. Yeah. Come out when you want. Yeah. 
I, I went through a phase of improvising for, for a while, and I found out if you could just get in tandem on one note, if you could find one note in common with the other instrument, then you can create a whole dialogue. Uh, I can't. I can't explain. I used to do it a lot. I don't do it anymore. But I can't explain. Let's say I don't know. Um, if if you're if you're playing the piano and you hear like a guitar and you just like push one finger down on the piano, which is lines up to the note that the guitar plays, you can just have a whole conversation with that guitar. I see. I see. Like a, a, a center that you can come back to, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but then one day I remember someone uh, said, Steve, you're just dancing around the music because why don't you play some notes? So <laughs> I stopped doing that and I stopped playing in a band. <laughs> um, what, what instruments do you play? Trumpet and harmonica. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Do you still play from time to time? I do. I do. Yes. Yes, it's therapeutic, you know, and I think that if God gives you, you know, a skill, you should share it. You know, some people think it's unholy to play. You're not supposed to perform. But I think God wants you to share it, share and give and bring pleasure to other people's ears. That makes that seems to make more sense to me. Yeah. Why? Why else would you? Would you have, you know be able to to do that? It's, it seems kind of a waste otherwise. Well, it's that voice, that voice inside the artist's head telling you, I mean, you suck, you're no good, you're gonna, no one wants to hear, you're not better than anybody else. So those, you got to ignore those voices and arise above them. That's right. Just push through, and you shall arise. Exactly. Don't don't listen to the trolls and the hecklers. Yeah, they're not doing. They're not up there doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, man. Anyway, look, we, I, we're going to run out of time soon. I don't want it, us to time out. Um, is there um, so this this place, Paoli's Pizza? It's it's in, in Woodland Hills. Yeah, it's on Ventura Boulevard. It's sort of a staple of the local of the local area of the area. So they they have live music every night, and they have karaoke also every night after the live music. Uh, a lot of great food. There's a parking in the back. It's it's a very nice place to spend a few a few hours. Yeah, I like I like pizza joints. We know a little glass of a uh, of cabernet and some you know slice of pizza and some good music. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Especially on a Monday night. You know, Monday night people. You know, they're trying to get through the week, and it kind of it gives them the the push to go back to work on Tuesday. It is. It is. It's a, a spiritual first aid, if you will. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Ventura Highway uh, because there's a song by America called Ventura Highway. Okay. Are you familiar with the song? I'm not, but well, how does it go? Ventura Highway in the sunshine when the days are longer the nights are stronger than moonshine you're gonna go i go i don't know the rest of the words but i've always wanted to go to ventura highway 
and just you know open the window and and have the feel the wind blow. All right. <laughs> and you have to come over here to California. Absolutely, I gotta I gotta get out before I drop dead. This is my terminally ill podcast tour. Well, I, I'm healthy, but you, you never know. You never know if you're going to drop dead tomorrow. So you try to live your best life today. That's all. Try to live your best. I agree. Yeah. All right, Peter. Um, it was nice. It was nice meeting you. And um, you know, if you like, I'll, I'll send you a, I'll, I'll send you a link to the episode if you're interested. Oh, please do. All right, man. Uh, keep in touch, and uh, I look forward to uh to seeing you play on YouTube. All right. This was a great. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank, Thank you, me. sir. All right. Take care, man.